You're listening to Radio Influence. You are sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of City Ringside. My name is David Penzer, and we are so happy that you are here each and every week, and especially this week and next week and the week after, to listen to this thing we call a podcast. So interesting guest today, and i uh, been looking forward to it uh, about a year ago, a little bit more than that. Uh, we did a State of Impact Wrestling interview with Ed Nordholm, Executive Vice President of Anthem Media and President of Impact Wrestling. And he was very honest and blunt about how close the company came to uh, possibly going away back in 2017, around August, September. Uh, so we're going to follow up with uh, last year's interview and ask him some new questions as they debut new content. Uh, starting this Tuesday, uh, if you doubt, if you're listening to this on Monday when it dropped, that would be tomorrow on Access TV. Uh, so be sure to catch that. Be, be sure to DVR that. Interested in in talking to him about how they got access and what uh, they're planning on doing with it, working with some of some of the other wrestling companies, and um, and we'll even ask him about some rumors. Hey, just wanted to give my uh, two cents on the Wednesday Night Wars. Uh, I think the first couple of weeks. Uh, I, I think I probably would give have given the edge to all elite wrestling. I have to say this week is a is a knock is uh, equal. I enjoyed them both. Uh, I'm, I'm I, I thought that the match between uh, Cameron Grimes and Matt Riddle was every bit as good as the match between. Uh, the Lucha Brothers and Private Party. And I got to say, Private Party really impresses me, as does Matt Riddle. I haven't seen a lot of Matt Riddle either. I know that he has a great reputation to be a huge star, but I haven't seen a lot of him. I haven't seen a lot of Private Party. Um, I know Cameron Grimes from Impact. I know the guy could work. I didn't know he could work like that. Some of the moves that they did in that match, I have no idea how they even physically did them. Uh it was it was that crazy, and um, I thought uh, that the match with uh, Lucha Brothers and Private Party was was also what a way to start a TV show. And uh, when you got me fooled with false finishes several times in a match, when both of them did, uh, you know that not to say that I'm the be all and end all. I've just seen so much, you know, I've seen so much sitting ringside, so to speak, for so many years. So. Uh, so I always get get a kick out of uh, you know when you got me because uh, I've seen almost <laughs> I've seen almost everything. Uh, I also thought that the end uh, angle uh, on NXT was every bit as good as the angle that they did with Cody and uh, Inner Circle on Impact Wrestling. On, I'm sorry, on All Elite Wrestling. And say I got Impact Wrestling on my mind. Ed's coming on in just a moment. Was every bit as good as the angle they did? I will give Chris Jericho possibly the line of his career. Uh, and the only reason that I'm not going to say it on this podcast is because my boss here, Jerry Petuck, hasn't seen it yet, and I want him to pop naturally and not have heard it before. But it is probably I, I put on Twitter. And by the way, I. 
No, he's he's putting his hands over his ears. No, we'll talk about it next week. But uh, I, I mentioned last week on Twitter, I finally got over 3,000 uh, uh, followers. And I click on it like three days later, and I'm down to 29.95. So, hey, at David Penzer, help me get to 3,010. 3, I don't even know why people would – I don't know that I've ever not followed somebody. One guy who's a former wrestling announcer who's a, who, who was – who had creepy info on my personal life uh, – that just weirded me out, but I, I don't, you know, I don't know the usual Twitter followers why they might follow me and then unfollow me, and that's cool. I don't mind. Do what you want to do. Uh, I just want to. I'd like to stay at three thousand. So if uh, if you're listening to this, or if you know somebody who likes the podcast, uh, let's get me over three thousand and stay over three thousand. At David Penzer on Twitter, all one word. And if you dig that, uh, you could uh, also follow at Penzer Ringside, which is the site of the show but let's get me over 3,000 folks and by the way uh, I mentioned on Twitter as that I was uh, saying that uh, that might uh, might have been the best line Chris Jericho's ever had in like 30 years in the business and and, and trust me I've heard some amazing lines and so uh, any input you have on that uh, uh, hit me up on Twitter I, I, I God to, to have to pick one interview one promo or one line I just I popped huge when I heard that line and uh, uh, I just think uh, you know Chris and I are friends but I and he'll be on this podcast as soon as or his schedule dictates uh, but but uh, just uh, he seems like he's having a blast and it shows and it's entertaining stuff so that's a, a knock for uh, for NXT and all elite wrestling this week and um, both uh, shows continue to hover right around their same numbers, 700,000 for uh, NXT. And I think this week was a little less than a million, but they're still hovering around a million for AEW. Uh, one of the unanswered questions that, no, you know, we had Dave Meltzer on and who uh, knows a ton about this business and followed it uh, journalistically for 40 years. And we've had, you know, president, you know, uh, champions on and, and but Kevin Sullivan's of the world who know more about wrestling and their, their pinky than most people do in their, their lifetime. And the one thing that, you know, you can make predictions and you can say what you like and you don't like the one thing that uh, is never an easy answer is, is how is this going to end up in six months or a year as far as ratings are, are both shows going to continue to drop. Uh, I saw something today on Twitter that I, I thought was, uh, uh, was, was, was right on the money. Uh, Dave Meltzer uh, had said that impact that impact wrestling. There I go again. There you go again. Uh, that all elite wrestling has, needs to create television stars that right now they have arena stars and those are two totally different things. And I thought that was right on the money uh, for Dave to say uh, there. What he meant was their uh, stars are over to the 10 or 15,000 people or 8,000 people, however many there are that bought tickets to see them in the building that follow probably being the elite. Um, maybe not so much so to an extra half a million that might've tried, you know, t taking a look at all elite when it first came on. Uh, they have to make some of those guys, some of those names, private party, MJF, they need to make them into television stars where people will actually, that, that, that aren't, built-in fans will uh, turn the television channel uh, 
to on to uh, watch them. So uh, I saw it happen in WCW, and uh, and I saw it happen in WWE. So it can happen, and it'll be interesting to see where it all works out. Also interesting to see and always follow Impact Wrestling, the company that has more lives than a cat, probably by double, and we've talked about that in the past. To find out the state of Impact Wrestling at the end of 2019-2020, really appreciate him coming back on. Please welcome my guest this week for round two of the state of Impact Wrestling, the executive vice president of Anthem Media and the president of Impact Wrestling, Ed Nordholm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, over a year ago, just a little over a year ago, we had a State of the Impact Wrestling podcast featuring my guest this week, uh, Executive Vice President of Anthem Media and President of Impact Wrestling, Ed Nordholm. And since uh, Impact Wrestling starts this coming Tuesday with brand new episodes on Axis TV, we wanted to have Ed back and get an updated State of Impact Wrestling. So, Ed, thank you for being here. Glad to be here, David. Thanks for taking the time with me. I went back and listened uh, and, and took notes on, on the last show, and it, it I, I noticed at the time, it really, uh, I don't know if you get this a lot, but it really surprised me, been in the, around the business and dealing with executive vice presidents, presidents, uh, uh, people in charge uh, of wrestling companies, and, and I think most companies in general in the, in the entertainment business, probably, uh, how honest that you honest that you really were. I don't know if you get that a lot, but uh, compliment you for that. And I, I really look forward to following up. Well, I'll try not to change that opinion today. <laughs> All right. Let's, <laughs> hey, so before we, before we, uh, we, we talk about the state of impact wrestling now, let's go back uh to just follow up on a few things from our last uh, conversation a little over a year ago before Bound for Glory uh, 2018. So last year you talked about how green you were when you were thrust in producing content for professional wrestling. So I'm wondering, after three years now, how much more confident are you in running the ship, steering the ship? Well, I'm much more confident that I know I should let Scott do it. <laughs> The other thing I the yeah, other you know, the other it's thing obviously being a crash course here, but uh, we're we spent a lot of time with it. I'm pretty excited by the way the show is being produced, and you know I can I, I do follow the uh, I do follow what 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 you all have to say, and and uh, you know gratified by how the narrative about Impact Wrestling, the quality of the show, the quality of the storylines, and the quality of the creators uh, of the creative is has improved over the three years we've owned it and has remained consistent and, and improving constantly. And, and frankly, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I get to share some glory with, uh, with Scott and Don for, for uh, all the hard work they've done to make that narrative happen. But, but if you, you know, go, go back to when you really had to take over and I was actually there and, 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 you know, it was obviously learning on, on the job. Uh, when you, when you go looking back, Two three years ago, when you go and you uh, have meetings and you go to live television and oversee the content, uh, you must be a lot more comfortable uh, than you were. Uh, obviously, with anything, time uh, and experience uh, makes it easier. 
Well, for sure. I mean, and, you know, sort of you, you do get, uh, I, I do attend the tapings. I do make a point of, of getting to uh, virtually all of the TV tapings and as many of the, and, and the, and the pay-per-view events and as many of the, uh, of the impact class and twist shows as, as I can, I can get to, not because I've got a particular job there, but it keeps me both connected to the talent and the team, but, but um, allows me to, you know, I, I, I do think, as time goes on, I have less and less to try to communicate with uh, Scott and Dom, but uh, I do know that when I do have something to, to contribute, I feel more comfortable as to why it might be an idea worth considering. So last we spoke, you had mentioned in August and September of 2017 that you had some hard decisions to make. That was pretty much, I guess, the low point of your involvement with uh, and, and Anthem's involvement with Impact Wrestling. And I'm wondering, uh, as the as the year 2019 has gone on, has there been any incidents like that where you had some tough decisions on the future or have things really been going in a positive direction, in your opinion? Well, I mean, there's always tough decisions to make, and uh, you know, and it's not like 2019 is being a walk in the park either. So, uh, you know, what we do know is that uh, all of the, not only uh, you know Scott Dunn and I as a team, but you know, you get down to the talent, the creative team, the agents, everybody that I, I I'm grateful for is just how everybody uh, is uh, is pulling in the same direction. Whatever the setback might be, people are rallying around to uh, find solutions, not point fingers. Um, but there are, you know, it's been, we've had our challenges this year and, uh, you know, we've overcome them and we keep going. And, you know, it's really exciting now to be set up to uh, launch this week on Access TV. We're excited by that platform and we're excited to be in a position where the show um, will be available in a, in, in a network that is, you know, more comfortably recognized by wrestling fans and available to our fans and looking forward to the future. So to build on that quote unquote, uh, you described 2019 last year as a rebuilding year. Uh, looking back, how do you think the rebuilding year has gone? And if 2019 was a rebuilding year, what is 2020 in your mind? Uh, 2020, every year is rebuilding at some level. It's a growing year. I, mean, I, I do think we succeeded this year, um, you know, in, in, um, in, in keeping our focus, continuing to deliver a challenging, you know, television environment, uh, continuing to deliver a TV product that, was, that people wanted to watch. Um, you know, we've done all of our live events, you know, consistently growing. You know, we are, you know, we are, um, we are, and I've said from the outset, we're, we're looking to build this business quarter by quarter, day by day, not, uh, not looking for the one, you know, the run, 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 uh, you know, home run uh, win here. It's just, we know it's going to take time and we know it's a process and we're excited by where we've got to now and just start down. We're on a new platform and, uh, and that brings with it new opportunities and we look to take advantage of that over the coming year. Last question about the last year's interview, and then we'll move forward for sure. Uh, a year ago, you mentioned that digital was your top priority in terms of short-term goals. I'm uh, just wondering how that's gone yeah. as far as uh, uh, great. Impact. So, you, so your your goals were definitely met or exceeded with digital. Absolutely, 2019 has been a very good year for us. But for the challenges on TV, it did provide us some opportunities to try things we would never have tried. 
you know, from, uh, you know, being on the pursuit platform allowed us, you know, the latitude to, to, uh, do that, uh, simulcast with Twitch. And, uh, that, that was a very successful experiment for us. Um, our, our channel on Pluto television is, uh, is going fast. Our viewership on that is growing remarkably fast. And, and what that means for us from a positioning is great. Um, it allows us, you know, as Pluto is starting to expand, you know, we'll be growing with them as they, as they reach into new markets. Um, our TV or our YouTube viewership continues to, you know, grow at, uh, at, at, at a remarkable pace. I know that we're still, you know, you know, orders of magnitude ahead of, of, uh, of anyone other than the WWE in terms of the viewership of our content through our various digital platforms. So it's a pretty exciting year for us. Well, that's great. Congratulations. I know you had mentioned that that was your top priority, so I'm glad that that worked out for you for sure. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan, as you know, of all of wrestling. And because because I, I think you're such – and we'll get into uh, into this in a little bit. But because I think I, – I, I always say that you're the most approachable uh, uh, executive I've ever met in 30 years in the wrestling business. And, and I want to talk about that because we've interviewed a lot of uh, a lot of former and current uh, – impact wrestling talents that have said the same thing but before we get to that and your 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 thoughts on 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 your attitude towards the talent you mentioned uh being on pursuit uh give me some background on your decision to leave pop tv was that your decision was that their decision and the thought process to then go into the pursuit network which is uh you know while in the anthem family you had to know was uh i would think would be a downgrade if not uh you know a lateral move uh, well, it wasn't as successful as we we thought it might be. Uh, hoped it might be, um, but it was a but it was an option that allowed us to control our control our own planning and our own decision making about where we go next. We did know that um, I was, and I've said it many times, I was more interested in finding the right uh, the right long term partner than the first right uh, long term partner or the first partner television partner. Uh, and so, you know, we, it gave us a place where we knew that we could be lit up and on television and have our show uh, continue, you know, continue to broadcast the show uh, uh, while we while we pursued options and and uh, and many options were presented and considered and evaluated and pushed along and and you know the you know the access TV thing is 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 you know probably at the high end of what we thought we might end up with between, you know, it being a good network of its own accord, but also being in control of that network and knowing that we have the full support of the network um, at every possible level. So I think it's pretty exciting for us where we ended up. And I don't know that had we made a fast decision just to find a third party network that looked good, <laughs> that we would have got, um, that we would have had the flexibility to do what we've now arrived at. So long-term, it means short-term pain, long-term gain. Talk to me about the process of acquiring Anthem, acquiring Access TV. Uh, people who listen to this podcast know that that's, that's like my favorite network because half of my DVR stuff is rock concerts. Please tell me you're not taking you away go. the rock concerts. Oh, God, no. I mean, that's what he bought it for. Oh, great, great. Um, that's great news. That's all I need. <laughs> the, the, the idea that we, that, that we made a nine-figure purchase to uh, buy a network for a television program, it would have been a lot cheaper just to buy time on there some network. Uh, if that was what we're doing this for, to, we didn't buy a network for wrestling. We bought a network because we liked the network, and, and it happened to be a good network for wrestling. So it's uh, sure. You know the uh, music uh, access TV as a music centric uh, destination for video content is certainly the future of access TV. 
but we happy that it has also has this legacy of combat sports that fits well with you know the other programming that we do, whether it be mixed martial arts or wrestling. Do you take requests? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, but that's great to hear. And um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, I'm a huge classic rock fan, so it's, uh, it's my go-to place. Uh, as far as the, you had mentioned other wrestling, uh, you know, in New Japan and women of wrestling, any update on the future of those programs on Access, or is that something you're still uh, talking about? Well, I mean, we're in the middle of another season for a while, and uh, – and, uh, and uh, you know, we've got an option on New Japan for next year, which I assume will exercise. That there's no reason not to. We, you know, you know uh, our view <laughs> has always been since we got involved in the in the wrestling business is that uh, that um, you know you know we should we should all be working together to rise the tide uh, for 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 wrestling promotions smaller than the uh, than the market leaders. So. Um, we would look to continue to work with New Japan, WoW, and anybody else. Any chance that by by being the owner of the Axis uh, Network and and having New Japan as a partner, that you might be able to work as a partner with New Japan and Impact Wrestling? Uh, we'd always be open to that. You know that. That's a that's a you know that's a wrestling decision that uh, that um, you know I I would I would hope that they would see the see the value uh, for them and their presence in the United States and working cross promotional with us. I mean they've got their they've got their existing relationships that um, that they need to work around and through and you know hopefully we'll find ways that we can work together and not interfere with, with the relationships they have. Sure. I have to ask you this question it has nothing to do with impact wrestling and purchasing access. It, it, it says, uh, at least if um, I think this is correct, that Steve Harvey is a strategic partner. So I'm dying to know how cool it is and how funny it is to sit and have a few cocktails with Steve Harvey. Cause from what I hear from wrestlers who have been on family feud, he goes off on these tangents that get edited out that just are, are like must see, you know, stuff. So, so we all, know he's hysterical i'm just wondering what it's like to have a few cocktails with steve harvey well um i'll i'll, I'll be candid and, and admit that the my cocktails are being with steve harvey, harvey's executive team not steve yet but uh i'll look forward to the closing dinner there you go we have to get get you back on i was I'm still back I'm, I'm still back with honest ed i'd like to tell you a story about that fantastic time with steve in the local bar but it hasn't happened yet <laughs> Well, if you guys ever come to Tampa and Steve is with you, uh, I'll buy uh, for that for that okay. for, for that for that experience. <laughs> yeah, I'll buy. Yeah. I'll buy top shelf, and I don't do that. Um, so you had talked um, last time about uh, conversations sharing video content with WWE for obvious reasons. A lot of a lot of you, the former Impact TNA stars, are now big names in in WWE. Any update on that? Have you guys gone back to that in the last year, or is that something that's just kind of fell apart? It certainly hasn't fallen apart. I think we're just releasing some stuff to them. They haven't announced it yet, and that's really their agenda when they've got something to do. If they've got a if they've got a vignette there or a cycle they want to create, if they approach us, they know the door's open. So it's more like a, a one, if they're doing an AJ Styles video and they want this video, this video, this video, they come to you and it's kind of deal by deal? Yeah, yeah, very much so. It's not It's not like we've got a, a little SWAT team, a content team that's sort of working together with them to figure out angles to use to come up with shows for them. They've got, they've got their own production. Uh, calendar and and uh, as they come across uh, 
concepts that uh, you know, that could be enhanced by you know, uh, our video library. Then you know, these approaches we have a pretty open door with them, and just it, it just gets done. That's a smart strategy. There's a lot of people that'd be like, "I'm not working with them. They're the competition." But that's you know, that's a smart strategy. You have a lot of you have a lot of value to what they uh, what they have on TV right now as far as past content. So. Uh, I, I find I find no matter how it works out for I'm, you guys. I'm happy to. Go ahead. I, I'm happy to take the rub from a big guy. <laughs> there you go. Aren't we all? Um, so nobody's irreplaceable, and I think you guys have proven that over and over and over again. Even before you guys took over Impact Wrestling, I think uh, the other management uh, showed that. But how frustrating is it? How hard is it to replace a Keith Mitchell? Um, I think we have somebody new in the truck by the Friday afternoon. Um, and, and, I mean, no, no disrespect to Keith in that. I mean, obviously talented guy and guy who enjoyed working with for, for the years we've been there. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, there are people that are capable of edit, uh, you know, <laughs> producing a show. Sure, absolutely. I've I've worked with I've worked with Keith on and off for twenty five years, and I know he's, in my opinion, he's top of the game. And and if if I'm if I'm sitting in your office and I get a call that I'm going to lose him, I would I would I would be, I would think that that would be a you know a loss. But you guys, you know, you guys lost Abyss, you guys lost JB, you guys, you know, so uh, you guys just keep plugging along. And and people, one thing, people move on. They, yeah. they move and they have their own career aspirations and their own opportunities. And- you know, sure, I would have liked to keep the stay, but but um, can't can't begrudge the opportunity he took. It's just you know, fine. There are we have very talented people around the show. Yeah, have for years, and it's interesting as each guy as each hole comes open, it does give opportunities for younger guys to step up and demonstrate perhaps they have more uh, more game than we might have thought they had because they're being kind of hidden under. Uh, underneath it all, so uh, gives people a chance to step up and show themselves, and younger guys that have been, you know, the next decade for us. That's actually a fantastic point and a great attitude. Uh, we talked about how approachable you are, and 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 one thing I noticed in my short stay in Impact Wrestling was was the probably the uh, the most approachable, you know whatever you want to call it, head of a wrestling company. Uh, we've talked to a lot of former and uh, current uh, Impact Wrestling talents uh, over the past year. Uh, Eli Drake comes to mind. Moose comes to mind. There's been more. Uh, Gail Kim. They all, they all uh, you know, no matter what their experiences were in Impact Wrestling, they all basically echo the same thing as, as, as how – uh, approachable you were, how uh, open you were, how how not how you didn't have any type of, and you don't, I don't think, have any type of ego when it comes to this. Which in the wrestling business is so ego, uh, so ego uh, uh, type of business. I'm just, what is your mindset on being so approachable? Is it something that you went in? Uh, that you went in thinking, you know, I'm just going to, you know, I, I want to be different than everybody else or just the fact that you just don't let ego get involved or just wondering how that happens. So you got the envelope, I take it. 
Uh, if I got the envelope, you'd see me. Uh, you'd see me this Tuesday on Axis, uh, or at least you hear my voice. But no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not blowing. I'm not blowing smoke. I mean, I. I thought that. I mean, I knew you for. I, I had met you two weeks prior, and 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 Scott Demore, and and I don't give too much away. Scott Demore, and and uh, and and I went to the local little restaurant next to the hotel, and and you you welcomed me, and we sat and we talked, and we had a great time, and and. I, you know, I don't know in all the years that I've been in the wrestling business that a head of a major company has ever been that, uh, you know, that inviting and that welcoming. And, you know, so I ask other talents when I have them on the show because I think it's something refreshing in this business. I got to tell you. Uh, and they say the same thing. So I'm just wondering what's your thought process? Is it some, Is it just natural Ed Nordholm and that's the way you are? Or is it something that you consciously go in and say, you know what, I may be the boss, but I want everybody to know that I'm on the team and, you know, I'm open to, 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 you know, talking and listening. Well, I, I do think it's part, and I, I appreciate the, the words and I appreciate, you know, hearing that, uh, that is sort of the take on me, uh, from, from others. So, but, uh, and, and candidly, I guess in this particular case, I, I was, you know, more than well enough aware that I was, sent into a lion's den with no idea whatsoever. So as you know, I'm an M&A lawyer by background being asked to run a wrestling company on January 1st, 2017 with no idea what that entails. So it was pretty easy to be humble <laughs> and uh, just hopeful that people would uh, be straight with me and help me figure things out. I knew that first year was kind of a year of discovery. And, um, but I, but overall, you know, even beyond the, the need to uh, perhaps be more of a listener than a talker that first year, um, I, I am, do think I am somebody who is relatively um, open to hearing people's ideas and, and I may have strong opinions of my own, but, and I will enforce them when I, when I know that it's time to enforce them, but I, I, I do think it is important that in these kind of environments where we know everyone is, is, is being stretched in many ways that, uh, that uh, you'd be open and listen. I hope that no matter how large you grow and how how much you keep growing, that and I mean this truly, that you that you stay that way because I I I'm not like again not blowing smoke. I find it and I found it uh, truly refreshing in a in a business that's not not very often like that for whatever reason. So kudos to you. Um, so you have WWE. You have, now have NXT on USA. You have uh, AEW on a national platform. Uh, now you're on Access, which is a national platform. Uh, in a perfect scenario, what's the niche that Impact Wrestling becomes in this now crowded field? What are you looking to be in this now uh, crowded wrestling scene? Uh, well, I, I think I think we're I, I think our our show is different in, in many ways. I think we are. We are a uh, a happy medium between the, uh, between the athleticism and and pure wrestling and storytelling. We've got uh, we've got a much more. We've got a, a good strong um, cinema cinematographer. I can't even get the words out. We've got a good product that's that is um, a good mix of characters, creative characters, athleticism, and, and stories. So, you know, I think that is uh, I think that is a separate sort of white space in, in what's on TV these days. And, and uh, I think as people now that they will see the show and appreciate the show and stay with the show. 
you guys are the first uh, major company that with television to uh, have women and men uh, in intergender matches. Uh, I'm wondering uh, what your thoughts was on that when it was presented to you and how that's worked out as far as uh, as fan reaction and as far as reaction from uh, networks and other executives. Uh, as a reaction when presented to me, I mean, I guess when again, one of the benefits of not having a whole lot of history with the with the business, it didn't strike me as a particularly novel idea. Um, I know that from you know from an impact wrestling and a knockouts perspective, you know, our knockouts division has always been uh, our hallmark of our knock- women's division has been that it's a, it's about the athleticism and strength of these women um, as as athletes, not as not as uh, divas. So uh, we are. Uh, it seems to me a natural progression. Uh, of that recognition of the role of our, our the women on our roster, and um, it's worked well for us, I would say. Any pushback? We have fantastic women. From well, of course it was. You I mean it was pretty? You know, there's been the odd thing, odd little social media spat about it, and you know, as as with almost anything in wrestling, there's people that like it, and others that don't. That's the understatement of the century. Hey, uh, I don't know if you could answer this. Uh, we, we asked you about some rumors last time, and you were uh, uh, very honest, and I appreciate that. But I, just as we taped this, I'd be, uh, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask you. There's rumors going around that Tessa Blanchard, who really was the one who, who, who really uh, established the, the intergender uh, 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 storylines uh is going to be moving on any could you comment on those rumors because i know she's a big part or she was or she is a big part of your uh programming um yeah tessa tessa is an outstanding talent we would hope she'd stay but no no, there's no i got no comment on the rumors we're we're uh not even aware of the rumors frankly but uh tessa's a great talent don't you love that? How you, you turn on the internet and like there's every website has a rumor and then you talk to the president of the company and the executive vice president of the parent company and the guy has no clue. So it just shows you how crazy some of these stories are. <laughs> Gotta love it. Right. Gotta love Gotta it. Gotta love it. Hey, just a couple we more, just a couple more questions. Uh, uh, I, I appreciate uh, your time again. I know that you're extremely busy. Um, so, Take me what are in your mind? What are the next steps? You're on Access Television. You you you, you sort of have an idea of what you want to be as far as a mix of uh, of, of different um, styles. Uh, what are the next steps past uh, Access in your mind now? Going moving into 2020. Um, you know, that, that's a kind that's, a, that's a probably better for you know, Scott and Don to pick up and, and carry for you. And they're driving the future and the and where the brand goes and where the show goes. Um, you know, I'm, I'm there's, I'm, I'm there's a cheerleader. <laughs> so in that case, as the president of the company, if there was an end game, and I know this is a what if question and, and, and there are a million things could happen. Uh, the sun won't come up tomorrow, you know, as a possibility, but if, if, if you had a perfect end game, you know, you know, that, you know, you, you know, I would assume that, you know, that you're probably never going to fill up uh, 85,000 uh, seat stadium, but you never know what would be the perfect end game in your mind that if you could walk away from impact in five years, 10 years uh, is, is breaking even uh, just enough is, is what, 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 what's your perfect uh walk away scenario where you'd feel like, you know what, we did everything we set out to do. 
Well, we don't really have a walkaway scenario. Like we are long-term owners of this business and want to grow it. Um, you know, our, I, I wouldn't say it's beyond belief that we would throw at eighty-five thousand seat uh, arena, but we are. Uh, I hope you do. We're more importantly looking at, uh, at at each quarter and at each pay per view, and it's certainly true. It, you know, if, if it's three hundred or five hundred or thousand pe- uh, people more per per event over time, those will, those are those accumulate. And I do believe you know, our you know, our ambition is to you know, reestablish ourselves and uh, you know grow our audience, uh, get into more and more. Um, Get, I'd like to be doing more events, doing more, you know, just being out and more in touch, with more touring, you know, all kinds of just sort of, uh, you know, get our get ourselves established and each year do a little better. A lot of people thought you were crazy to leave the impact zone, even though it was a tough uh, environment for television. It was a safe environment. How, how did that experiment work? And um, do you think you'll ever go back to the impact zone or are you a touring television uh, taping company now? I think it's been a spectacularly successful, if not painful, experiment. <laughs> you know, it's uh, <laughs> I mean, there's been gro- obviously growing pains in doing it, and it certainly, you know, challenges for the thin team we have, and, and kudos for them for pulling it off to get out and get into new cities and do our TV tapings, pack it up, move it, and do it week by week, quarter by quarter, or month by month. That's in in new venues and and sort of uh, establishing audiences in those venues, but. Uh, but uh, you know it is proving successful, and you know now that we're getting it to where we're starting to repeat some of our venues, we've you know seen the benefits of having gone that way. You know to have live fans that have made a choice to be in your venue rather than you know uh, you know hurting people in off uh, out of a out of an amusement park looking to get out of the sun for a couple of hours. So I, I think it's been good. It's got its challenges, but uh, I don't see us going back to. Um, that type of, uh, um, you know, impact zone venue. Well, Ed, I appreciate your time. Uh, I, I, I appreciate your honesty as always. I do want to let you know, just throwing it out there, that if you uh, want some uh, market research on uh, classic rock content on your new uh, cable channel, <laughs> you, I'm only a text or a phone call away because I'm about your. I think I'm about your average uh, uh, viewer. Throw uh, uh, like you into our focus groups. Sure, sure, absolutely. I, like I said, if you take requests, you know, there's still some bands. I'm, I'm. I'm, I'm waiting to see on there, but uh, that's a different conversation for a different time. And if you're ever in the area with Steve Harvey or even you, uh, just you, uh, I'm happy to, uh, to, to pick up the tab. But Steve, uh, I, we got to get you back at some point when you have a few cocktails with Steve Harvey, because I've just heard incredible things about how hilarious he is. And I'm just wondering if that crosses over to a, you know, sitting around having a glass of wine type of scenario. So uh, definitely, uh, definitely, hopefully we could do this next year and, I uh, appreciate it. Uh, not a lot of uh, presidents of companies come on and do these types of things. And I uh, appreciate you doing it. And I appreciate your honesty. And, and as I said last year, best of luck for all you're looking to accomplish. I'm a fan. Great. Thanks so much, Dave. Always appreciate your time. Once again, want to thank Ed Nordholm for the State of Impact Wrestling interview that he just did. And uh, want to remind you that uh, if you're listening to this on Monday, that uh, at least starting uh, this coming Tuesday 
Access TV uh, for two hours. It is Impact Wrestling, and uh, we uh, wish them well. And uh, if you haven't seen Impact Wrestling in a while, I haven't really because I don't have Pursuit. So if you haven't seen Impact Wrestling in a while, then uh, be sure to check it out. DVR it or check it out like I'm going to, and, and I'm curious to see what they're what they're doing. I know there's a lot of intergender stuff. As we talked about, uh, curious to get your opinion on if that's something you're a fan of. But uh, hey, they they you know they were trying to stand out, and you got to give them credit for doing something different. Uh, like he said, like Ed said, you're never going to please everybody on social media. Ain't that the truth? So um, so I'm looking forward to seeing the program, and I'm going to DVR it each and every week on Access and take a look. And I suggest you do as well. And uh, looking forward uh, to uh, the third State of Impact Wrestling discussion with Ed Nordholm, hopefully in about a year, and hopefully between then and now, uh, could have some drinks with uh, him and Steve Harvey, and uh, or at least hear how that went. So interesting that uh, that he didn't still hasn't really uh, hung with Steve Harvey. That Steve Harvey has people. It's interesting to me that Steve Harvey has people. I, you know, I, I know Steve Harvey's a big star, but the Steve Harvey has people. Jerry, did you think Steve Harvey had people? Yeah, you did. Like so much so that like you would negotiate a deal without even meeting the guy. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm under- underestimating Steve Harvey. Yes. I I, I just kind of know him as the guy who tells funny stories on Family Feud that get edited out. Uh, by the way, just an idea to whoever owns that stuff. Uh, maybe put out like a a few television specials with just the rants that got edited out. Uh, maybe that'd be a good idea, but, um, what do I know? Anyway, uh, next week we are looking to talk to Conrad Thompson. We think we're going to make that work. I never want to promise because, uh, schedules could change, but, uh, looking to talk to Conrad Thompson about star cast, the four star cast that's built around the next AEW pay-per-view full gear in Baltimore, Maryland. I know he's bringing back a lot of blasts from the past. Guys like Van Hammer and and Jim Crockett, uh, the Ding Dongs. Uh, so it's uh, be interesting to talk and see uh, how we found these people. I don't know how you find the Ding Dongs. Uh, I, I'd love to interview the Ding Dongs, so maybe we could make that happen. And uh, so we look forward to talking to uh, Conrad Thompson uh, next week and uh, hear how things are going. He has, I think, he's up to five podcasts now, and uh, love to hear his take on on. The Arn Anderson podcast, uh, I knew going in that he was in for a treat, uh, something totally really special, and I told him so, and um, would imagine that he has realized now uh, uh, what he's gotten into, because probably the greatest orator storyteller uh, when it comes to uh, the history of the business and stories, and he's just so well-spoken and so funny and, uh, you know, and, and, and not only funny, you know, well-spoken when it's uh, a serious question. So uh, looking forward to talking to Conrad. And um, speaking of StarCast and wrestling conventions, uh, if you're in and around Tampa, Florida area, you live in Florida, you want to make a drive. If you're a fan of championship wrestling from Florida back in the 70s and 80s, do want to tell you about a little project I'm working on that you might be interested in. It is CWF Legends Fan Fest 6. Saturday, November 9th in Tampa. It's at the residence in Tampa Suncoast Parkway in Lutz. And we have this 
time, Barry Windham, Kendall Windham, Rocky Johnson, who has a book coming out, J.J. Dillon, Dutch Mantell, Larry Hamilton, and Tony Gurria as our guests. Uh, very, very affordable, very, very intimate. We only have about 120 t- total tickets for sale. It's in a small room. You get a lot of time to talk with the uh, with the wrestlers and not just a quick picture and we we... we push you out of the the way so um be sure to check it out uh you can find it on eventbrite you go to eventbrite.com and put in cwf legends fan fest or you could check out the cwf legends fan fest page on facebook which is always fun and interesting and offers great insight into championship wrestling and the history of that promotion again barry windham kendall windham a rare appearance rocky johnson jj dylan dutch mantel larry hamilton and tony Gurria. cwf legends fan fest six it is on saturday november 9th i will tickets uh, will blow your mind how cheap it is to be able to come in get an autograph and a photo with each of our stars i think it, it works out to about four dollars an op a fo- four dollars a photo op and four dollars an autograph op with each guy so uh not a better deal around and uh if you're interested again go to cwf legends fan fest on facebook or eventbrite.com and type in cwf legends fan fest once again, I want to thank Ed Nordholm. Looking forward to talking to Conrad Thompson next week. And looking forward to the always interesting and, I would say, growing more interesting by the week, the Wednesday Night Wars. Until next week, this is David Penzer, still City Ringside. Take care. Follow David Penzer on Twitter at David Penzer. Also, make sure to follow the show on Twitter at Penzer Ringside. You've been sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. Initiate procedure. Now, stand by for the MJ Morning Show. The MJ Morning Show is back. Hi, it's MJ. Join me along with Froggy and Fester. We're going to bring you up to speed on what's been happening since our last show. We'll even reveal never-before-heard stories from the past, including some infamous controversies. This is the great MJ Morning Show that you remember. With regular new episodes, we'll even have some of the crazy cast of characters on, like Dave the Dwarf and more. The all-new MJ Morning Morning Show podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, on the iHeartRadio app, and RadioInfluence.com.